So this week we are continuing our series, our series of how do I get closer to God? How do I get closer to Jesus? Last week we talked some about how we do that personally. How do we as followers of Jesus get closer? And we talked about so many different ways, but two that we really focused in on were, were prayer. We're spending time in prayer, and if you remember, there's all sorts of different ways we can pray. Um, we talked last week about, about mainly about setting times for prayer, but also about just praying when it comes. We also talked about scripture, about reading God's word, about these are two staples that have, have sustained our brothers and sisters uh, for thousands of years as they wanted to draw closer to Jesus. And then we talked some too about how our personal relationship with Jesus, our personal contact with him is central. It's the foundation of our faith. And I said a little bit, I'm going to say some more about this next week, but in some traditions, and even in the last 100 years, um, in many traditions, the foundation of your faith was your church attendance. And coming on Sunday morning is great. It's a blessing to gather together as a church family, to encourage one another, um, to praise God. But our personal relationship, our times of prayer and study and fasting and spending time reflecting on in creation, those times are the foundation of our faith. But this morning, we're going to talk some more about ways that we can draw closer to Jesus. And one of those is um, also in groups, in community, uh, with others. And I was thinking about this, is that you know, I've, I've been a part of a, uh, it was probably about, let's see, what was it? Um, Thirteen or fourteen years ago, that I really devoted my life to the Lord, and um, and I have been a part of a small group in one way, shape, or form since then. And I think I did it at first because people were, you know, my pastors would say, you know, you should be in a small group. And and pretty quickly, I mean, I remember starting. I was so excited about really devoting my life to the Lord that I started a small group in the company where I worked. We would meet after work in one of the off or one of the meeting rooms, and um, and since then, I mean, I've been leading youth groups and <laughs> small groups and in constantly um, encouraging people to join in. But I haven't. I guess I. I mean, I've always known they've been good for our faith. But it's actually this week I started thinking some more about how. I, being a part of a small group or a community group or a growth group or whatever you're used to calling it, being a part of a, a small Christian community can help us grow closer to the Lord. I know many of you have been part of groups. Many of you, and I'm going to ask you in a few minutes, how have, how have these small groups helped you grow closer to the Lord? But I wonder if some of you have wondered, but how do they do it or, or Why? You know, maybe some of you have been a part of a small group just because that's what we do at this church. We are a church of small groups. Maybe some of you are still waiting and saying, oh, I'm not sure what the point is or why it's so important or I don't know that I really have time or it's not a priority yet. But if we want to draw closer to Jesus, being a part of a small group or a small community of fellow believers is crucial. And I was uh, reading through Scripture in uh, I came to this passage in Hebrews. If you would, uh, uh, sorry, I camped this week, so I don't have an insert for you. Uh, if you'd like to look at it, it's at Hebrews 10, uh, verse 19, or if you'd like to just listen and just soak it in, that's, that's good too. So listen to these words again from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, 
by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from, the guilty con- from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with a pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, uh, for he who promised is faithful. And this is the part I want us to, to hear. Let us consider how we may spur on, or spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day, and then here this context is in the day of the Lord's return, as you see the day approaching. So in this passage, the writer of Hebrews is telling us how important it is for us Together. He says, let us gather together. Let us not uh, stop gathering as many are accustomed to doing. But let us spur each other on. Let us encourage, each, uh, encourage one another. To put it into a nutshell, that following Jesus, drawing closer to Jesus, one of the ways that happens best is when we are part of a group. Part of a group of eight to ten people who know us and are known by us being a part of a group, and we're going to get into this in a minute, is so, so powerful in helping us draw closer to Jesus. But there's one thing I wanted to say first is that that first part of that passage talks about why we'd even want to grow closer to Jesus in the first place. It's talking about the blood of Jesus, talking about the fact that we have a new high priest, talking about the fact that through him we have been saved from our sin. We have been saved from our brokenness, the things that we've done to other people, the things, the ways we've hurt people. And we are saved from the brokenness that happens to us, this broken world where so many things go wrong. I was made aware of that again this week. I mean, I had this amazing week, I mean, with the kids, and it was great. I mean, I would, I would um, turn my phone on just basically at night to check in with Tracy and uh, say goodnight to her. Didn't read the news or anything. And then it was Saturday when all the families were coming to pick up and... and uh, Larry, uh, Bill's uh, son-in-law, said, did you hear what happened in France? And then, you know, so I read the news and you see what the horrible things that this broken world are, or the horrible things happening in Turkey or other parts of the world that didn't make the news this last week. This world is broken. And we need help. As a humanity, as a race, we need help. In our marriages, as people, we need help. In our relationships, we need help. In our jobs, in retirement, we need help. We need grace. And the Lord God, through his Son, has provided it for us. The fact that he came and took on flesh and lived among us and then suffered on a cross and died, making everything um, everything that we'd done against the others and against God, he took all of that and made us holy by his holiness, by his sacrifice. And then he rose again. This last week at camp, Jeff had a great example of this for the kids. <laughs> Jeff, is, he's really, like, really doing well at working out. Um, he's been really good at it um, for the last while. I've been watching him and listening to him talk about it. So even at camp, he was running. And he had this filthy shirt, this shirt that he wore every day. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was red. And I'd see him doing wind sprints uh, at the camp and doing push-ups and stuff. And the thing was just like, you know, like, it's like red, but it was like dark red from like here to here, you know, like just sweat. It's gross. And then for the sake of, the, uh, for the, sake of the, the demonstration, he took it and he rubbed it in the dirt. Because he was trying to teach the kids about what the sacrifice that Jesus made. And then he called up his daughter, Lauren, his oldest daughter. And he said, Lauren, would you put this on for me? <laughs> so she did. She took this horrible, sweaty, smelly, filthy, grungy, dirty shirt. And she put it on. And Jeff said, this is, this is what we are like. Our sin makes us like this. And he says, you know, we go through life and we accumulate these things, these horrible things that we do or these tiny little mean things that we do. They're all dirt on the shirt. And he said, Jesus trades us shirts. He had no sin. He was perfect. And he had this white t-shirt on and he traded her. He took the red shirt, this filthy, sweaty, smelly shirt. He put it on him and he gave her the white shirt. And said, so this is an idea, or this is a, an example of what Jesus did for us on the cross, that he's made us clean. And I know we live in a time where, you know, there's so much around us just try to say, that there's no right and wrong, there's just different ways of doing things. You know, um, as a follower of Jesus, I believe there is a way that God has given us to do things. I know, maybe it makes me old-fashioned and out of date, but I still believe that there's actually an absolute right and there are absolute wrongs. And it's not like, you know, based on what I think is right or what tradition or the way I was raised. It's based on the Bible. It's based on what we know of God. That's what's right. Because there are some things about the way I was raised or the way I think are right that aren't. I know that. Lord, forgive me. But there is a right and a wrong. There is God's way. There is the way that the Lord has given us as a way to live. So maybe this is maybe some of you haven't heard this before. And as I see, I don't see many many of you are shaking your head like you do, like you've heard this story before about who Jesus is. But we need help. We need help to do the right thing, to do things God's way. And He helped us in ways that we will never fully understand. Jesus, the Lord, sent his son that we might have life. And so because of this, this sacrifice that he made, it's right for us to want to move closer to him. And that's what happens in this first part in, in verses 19 to 23 of Hebrews. Let me just read it again. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the sacrifice that he made on the cross, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. This is where it comes in. So because he's done this for us, let us draw close to him. With a sincere heart and full assurance to God, uh, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from, the guilty from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. So this is why we want to draw closer to Jesus. I know last week I started with how we get closer to Jesus without ever getting to the point or asking the first question of why would we want to. 
is because of what the Lord has done for us. But then he goes on to say, listen to this, and this is where we're going with this this morning. He says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So one of the ways, a powerful way, an important way, a foundational way for us to draw closer to Jesus is to be a part of a group that we might spur each other on, that we might encourage one another, that we might hold each other accountable. Uh, these last few weeks, we've uh, just begun. We're just beginning to start, but, but the stories and Dave Douglas and I, we've, uh, we're part of this formation group, this discipleship group, and one of the things I've found uh, really powerful about it is the accountability. And I know in our culture in these days and age, we, we hate accountability and responsibility. We want to just come and go as it's convenient. But this group is really holding me to it. Um, it's been good. And as we gather in small groups, one of the things that we can do is hold each other accountable. And I, and I know, and many of you are, maybe have, have experienced this in a group before, where you know, half or, that's maybe generous, maybe nine out of ten people come having not read any of it having not done any of the work, any of the reflection, any of the prayer, anything. But as a group, let us hold each other accountable. That if there's reflection to be done or study to be done, that we would do it. And then when we come, we'd say, and I'm, I'm totally like this. I'm like, oh, don't worry, it's fine. We'll just go on and, you know, I want to be gracious with people. But there are some places where it's good for us to hold each other accountable. The other thing that is good about the way we spur each other on is that we challenge one another. I've seen this in, in small groups where I've been a part of where, you know, I'm oftentimes I'm thinking uh, from a leading point of view and how I'm going to teach or whatever. And then we start talking and I've got this idea and then someone just comes with something. For me, it feels like totally out of left field. And it challenges me. And it's good. And it broadens my narrow understanding of a particular passage or a particular thing. But in small groups, they challenge us. People challenge us. Not only challenge us with new ideas that we had never thought of before, but then will challenge us too. And this is what happens in groups when you've been a part of it for a while and you trust each other. Is they'll come to you and they'll say, you know, Jason, the way you're doing this, I don't think it's honoring the Lord. And you know I love you. You know, we've been praying together and studying together for, for months or for years now. And so you know I love you. So you know I'm not just saying this. That has power in our lives. When someone we know, that we trust, and we trust the Holy Spirit in them, comes and says, you know what? You know I love you, but you need to look at this. You need to change this. Or the way you're treating this person isn't right. We need to be challenged. And you know, the thing is, we live in such an individualized society now that most of us, we don't let people get that close. I mean, more common in our culture is if someone challenges you, you just never talk to them again. That doesn't happen when you're a part of a group. When you're a part of a small group. That you know that you love them and they love you. So we spur each other on. 
But then also the writer says, let's not, let's not stop meeting like some, some have started doing. Some have been accustomed to meeting. They've given up on each other. A small group helps us to remain committed. To remain committed to each other when it's hard. Or when priorities start pushing in on us or things start messing with our priorities. Let's not stop meeting together. That we'd stay committed. Again, that's another thing. Our culture is so different. It's so prophetic to be committed to anything these days. Our culture has gone so far on the side of convenience. I think it's I mean, just me talking here, but I think it's part of the, the, um, um, the consumerism of our time. Everything is meant to be convenient for you. And so if it's not convenient, then yeah, no, sorry, I'm not really going to be there. <laughs> but scripture is encouraging. The writer of Hebrews is saying, don't stop mating together. Maybe it doesn't always have to be, you know, in-depth study every time. Maybe it can be a little bit lighter occasionally. But don't stop meeting together. The last thing he says is that we might encourage one another. We might encourage one another to continue following Jesus. I mean, I saw like this, this week when I was meeting with the leaders. And Brianna, when we'd get up, it uh, had to be at a leadership meeting at 6.30 in the morning, having put kids, like read them to bed at 10.30 the night before. So short sleep and lots of activity during the day. But I was the, it was the first leader meeting and um, I was encouraged by the leaders. Many of them were less than half my age. And they were talking about the ways they were praying with their kids, the conversations with their kids. And I realized, because <laughs> that first day I was just trying to stay alive. <laughs> I was just trying to survive. And I thought, you know, I'm not here just to survive. I'm here to, to pray with kids and to talk with them about their faith, to encourage them. So when we gather together in small groups, we encourage one another. We so say, you know what? You need to keep reading your scripture. You need to keep reading this passage this week. You need to keep praying for me, please. We need to keep following Jesus. We need to keep talking with our neighbors. We encourage one another. But we also encourage each other when it's difficult. We encourage each other when things are hard. I was encouraged uh, just yesterday, actually. Judith Rosenberg was for the family. I was there, her and Carl, at the family camp, and she sat down next to me. She said, you know, how, are you, how have you been? you know, knowing what's been happening with, with Tracy. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, my wife was diagnosed with cancer last year. Um, she's healed. She's cancer-free now. But it's been a horrible year. And she was encouraging me. And it reminded me of this church. And I got to tell her how I'm so grateful for this church family, how encouraging you have been for Tracy and I this last year. I think about some of our small groups, some of our friends, and how they have encouraged. When you're a part of a small group, you know what's going on in each other's lives and you encourage that you walk alongside each other when things are difficult. So there's tons here in this passage, but one thing that I'm drawing from this, from this passage this morning is that if we want to draw closer to Jesus, one of the, one of the most powerful, one of the foundational ways is to be a part of a small group. I'm encouraging all of us, this whole church, to be a part of a small group in one way, shape, or form. That we and truly would be not a church that has small groups as like an extra activity if you're interested, but that we would be a church of small groups that happens to gather on Sundays as well. 
That's how much, how important I believe they are. So let us gather together to continue spurring each other on, to continue meeting, to remain committed, and to encourage one another. Amen.